You know what that was, Michael? That was week two of listening to an intro. And for those of you who don't know, Mike and I just recorded this for about two minutes and then had to restart for reasons that we will explain later. So anyway, we're going to do this a second time around. Uh, Thank you all for locating us now that we are in the Vox podcasting family. Just a quick reminder, all of the RSS feeds have been transferred over. So if you listen on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever, um, it will have updated to auto-populate as we publish these episodes. Also wanted you to know that there is a new landing page for the podcast. It's no longer on Spreaker or Blog Talk Radio. Um, it's not a like Spreaker.com slash banter type thing, though. It's a megaphone one. So it is in my pinned tweet. So if you can just go there and bookmark that page... That'll be perfect. Michael Murphy, we were supposed to have a special guest. We're not going to. Um, We will have him for next week, though. So I think I'm going to leave it a surprise until Thursday when I have to admit who it is because we said it when we did the recording today. But anyway, Michael, there are things to talk about. First of all, how are you? Doing dandy, Joe. How are you? You're doing goddamn dandy. That's what he's doing. Mike is doing dandy. Uh, this is the first of two shows that you will get this week. This show will go up tomorrow, which is Tuesday. You'll be able to listen to it. It is the flagship portion of the Bantering the Blue Shirts podcast. And then we have a whopping 45 minutes of Q&A that will be up on Thursday. So there you go. You get one after the other. But... Let's start off with what we know right now instead of talking about the future. The New York Rangers made a trade, not the trade everybody thought they were going to make, but a trade nonetheless. The New York Rangers traded. Well, Connor Brick. I was building up some. You're taking way too long, though. That you ruined. It was just bad. Cole Schneider for Connor Brickley, as Michael said. Brickley plays for the Admirals, who is the uh, Minnesota Wild AHL affiliate. He has 18 Nashville points. Predators. Nashville oh, is he? Predators oh, I'm an idiot. He has 18 points in 39 games. Cole Schneider had, I believe, what did we say, 25 points in 36 games for yeah. the Hartford Wolfpack. A little bit of a weird move, right? Because I think we're all in agreement that Cole Schneider is the better player of the two. But Brickley's two years younger and has some NHL experience, so maybe that is a factor? Maybe it's a factor. Brickley has 67 games of NHL experience versus Schneider's six. And, you know, in the show that we had to uh, throw throw the baby out with bathwater before, uh, maybe that means they want a guy who can play at the NHL level after they do a bunch of trades. But I don't know. That might be reading too much into it. He is a former second-round pick. But that was back in 2010. He's 26 years old now. Cole Schneider's 28, and he's kind of a proven commodity in the AHL. Whereas Connor Brickley, um, it was in 2016-17, he had a 15-goal year in the AHL with the Charlotte Checkers. And uh, since then, he's just kind of not been a terribly big deal at the AHL level. I find it hard not to read too much into this, because what is the other purpose of this trade, Right. Like, what do you, you're not doing? You're not benefiting Hartford because we're all in agreement that Schneider was the better player. Um, you, unless he's, you have some type of a plan that maybe he's coming up to the big club. And again, maybe. like we're we're deeply looking into a trade for AHL depth, but maybe it's just odd stuff. Maybe locker room stuff. It, it, could, it could be anything. I'm not entirely sure because it's it's just a little odd. Um, all we can do, Joseph, is speculate. <laughs> 
That's it. That's what we do. We're a speculation podcast. Especially, like, I get it. If this was a move where the Rangers were bringing in, you know, somebody that we knew was going to be a better player in Hartford, then it makes sense because the Rangers are in the process of trying to build up the Wolf Pack to being like a respectable AHL contender in a lot of respects. And I don't know. Just, I mean, he spent 44 games in the NHL last year with Florida, he had 12 points. But his last action came 2015-2016 to the tune of 23 games. So, I don't know. That's I was talking about Brickley. It's just, it's an odd, it's an odd move and the timing is odd. The, are the Rangers making move for something or room for something else to happen? I'm not sure. But they also did something else. They called up Ryan Lindgren. And I have some thoughts on that, Mike, but I'm curious what your thoughts are first. I think it's pretty interesting that it's Lindgren who gets the call up, and um, not Hayek. Well, not necessarily. I mean, really, it's interesting regardless of of the who else you say there. But Hayek, of course, is I think at the start of the season he was the guy we were hoping might get the call up. But of course, you know his production just hasn't been what we'd expected to see. Um, and as it turns out, he's been uh, you know playing kind of on that second pair. Um, in Hartford, I recently wrote a piece for Banter about you know a couple of the defenders in, in Hartford that have done a pretty good job. John Gilmore being one, uh, Begris being the other, and Crawley being the third. Um, but in researching and writing about them, of course, I you know did tangential research about the other guys there to compare and contrast them. And Lindgren, of course, hasn't been bad or anything, uh, but. Uh, you know, he is 20, so he's really young. Um, it's worth noting that Begris is not waivers exempt, whereas Hayek, Lindgren, and Crawley all are, as is John Gilmore, uh, which might explain why Begris isn't getting the call up, because he's been far and away the best D in Hartford right now. Um, but like Rob O'Gara, Joe, the, the famous Rob O'Gara, he is an RFA at the end of the season. Lindgren, of course, was part of the big Rick Nash trade, and... You know, he's a guy who the organization might want to give a kind of a closer look to. It's also interesting, Joe, that the Rangers published uh, an article, or I should say the Wolfpack published an article about how he's really rounding out his complete game, and then a couple hours later he was called up. Well, listen, if, there, if there's any confusion about the New York Rangers PR machine, let me be the first one to tell you that the, the timing of those articles and the articles themselves are certainly not coincidences the way that they Five assists. Seem. In 35 games. For well, yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. So yeah. it's funny. From Adam's story that we talked about last week to us talking about Hayek last week to today, <laughs> Lieber Hayek still has three assists in 39 games. Um, Adam continued the comparison because he, he's making a point. I retweeted the comment that, you know, you don't have to put up a million points in the AHL, but shut down defensemen who either make their way to the AHL or, or to the NHL, excuse me, or kind of you know, just journeymen in the NHL, even they put up points at at a semi-respectable level. I think really the big two names on here, the three names on here that would kind of buck the trend, if you would, Nicholas um, Halmerson, 
that was not who I thought it was Chalmerson. when I first looked at the name. Yeah, Traumerson. Uh, Calvin DeHaan and Fetter Tutin, I think, are the guys who, and even they are in the middle or Tutin's at almost at the top with 0.21 points per game at the AHL level. Hayek is firmly at the bottom with a 0.08, and Lindgren is right in front of him with a 0.14. So not exactly what you want to see, but again, they're kids. They're learning. I was going to make a point that the Rangers and, and some of the media around the Rangers have made it uh, a pretty intense crusade to talk about just how well you know Lindgren is doing and Adams had viewings of him and thinks that he's the better defender at this point than Hayek has been but um, here's what I let me say this I'm very happy, very happy that the New York Rangers brought up a kid. I'm very happy, very happy that that kid appears to be put in a position to play because why else would they call him up? I'm very, very confused as to why they're doing this this way. So Frederick Clayson is probably going to the IR if he hasn't already as of this listening in your ear. Um, And you'd think, oh, well, the Rangers have to replace somebody. But remember, the Rangers have 8D right now. So without Clayson, there's 7D. With Lindgren now, there's 8D again. So why couldn't D'Angelo simply fill in for Clayson? Or why couldn't, you know... It just, well, really, D'Angelo's the only one. Now you have to sit two healthy defensemen again, and it feels like it's going to be D'Angelo, and then what? Is it going to be Pionk? Is it going to be McQuaid? Is it going to be Stahl? You know, Smith? Is it going to be Shea? I I don't know. And it just feels like the Rangers kind of, not that you ever want to see somebody get hurt, and Clayson has been the Rangers' best defenseman, but it kind of alleviated a problem where you only have to sit one guy, and now they've called up Lindgren. It just it seems very odd, Michael. And I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, on that. The, in in effect, they're just kind of making sure the problem persists, right? Where maybe that's part of what you know Quinn wants to do is have this uh, accountability measure where if you're not playing good enough, then someone else is going to hop into the lineup, and it is the right thing to do to to give the call up to a kid rather than to someone like a Rob O'Gara, uh, and that in and of itself is encouraging, but. I, I think I'd be much happier if, you know, there was a little more of a guaranteed opportunity for a player like D'Angelo um, to finally kind of put it together um, under Quinn again. Um, it feels like at some point this season it, it felt like he had already did what he had to do, and that of course fell off. And you know, he's recently he had just a really bonehead, stupid penalty that was really costly, and. Uh, it feels like really Quinn is just kind of getting sick of the options he has, and maybe that's why we were seeing this. And I don't know, Joe. I'm I'm inclined to believe that you don't call up a kid, a 20 year old especially, to not play him. I mean, he's got to go in the lineup. Yeah, there's absolutely no way he's coming here to be a scratch. Uh, there's absolutely no way that he's. Uh, I don't even know. Like he's going to be used. And I would assume he's going to be in the top four because why else would you call him up when you don't have to? It certainly feels like this is the end of Tony D'Angelo, right, without me knowing anything. Because, again, why can't Tony D'Angelo just take that position? Why can't Tony D'Angelo just step into that role? You have too many defensemen right now. You don't have enough, enough spots for them. Nobody has played particularly inspiring hockey 
And that really goes down the line from Shea and Shattenkirk to everybody but Clayson, who is the guy who got injured. And listen, I get it. You want to kind of you don't want to have this stale rotation going out there. The New York Rangers. I mean, David Quinn had an article or a quote today in the New York Post about just how good Stall has been, which is blah. But is it coach speak? I don't know. It's just a matter of I feel like like you said, the Rangers had a solution to the problem. Okay, Freddie Clayson is hurt. He's not going to be in the lineup. Now we only have to sit one player, make it a rotation between Smith and Shea and Stahl and McQuaid or whoever it has to be to get D'Angelo back into the lineup. This feels like Quinn is saying, I don't want to get D'Angelo back into the lineup. Because if he did, there's absolutely no reason to bring up Lindgren. Mm. And, you know, we, we've been kind of critical of Lindgren on this podcast, I think. And again, it has nothing to do with, with Ryan Lindgren, the person. It's just there's reasons to be skeptical about Lindgren's NHL outlook. And great, I'm glad he's the one that's called up. But I also think it, it kind of speaks volumes about Hayek, even though the Rangers released that story a few weeks ago about how far he's come and how great he's been. Like, Hayek is the guy that you got back for McDonough. That trade doesn't happen without him. And now Ryan Lindgren is getting called up before him. And again, totally fine. But you're going to give a look at a defenseman, and they're giving a look at Lindgren. So I think that says something, too. Yeah, it has to say something. Um, I, I'd like, I'd really like to see us get a better idea of what Quinn is expecting in terms of performance out of his D. Um, I, I want, I want very badly for D'Angelo to turn into something that isn't just going to be an RFA that the Rangers choose not to qualify. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to have a good ending at this point, given. Given how things have gone under Quinn, and given you know where the direction things are headed, especially because you and I talked about this uh, on the Q and A show, Joe, that it's just it's not going to be easy for the Rangers to move McQuaid, uh, and because of that, it's it's kind of it's against the odds that things are going to get solved on the blue line, you know, before the trade deadline or in the end of the season. The Rangers kind of created their own problem and. Part of the problem is there's an obstacle or two that shouldn't be there for a player like D'Angelo, and that's pretty frustrating. And, you know, that's only connected loosely to this Lindgren call-up, but it is important to note because it's maybe Lindgren gets an opportunity because they're tired of giving D'Angelo that opportunity. It's... It is a little bizarre because, look, we don't know what's going to happen with McQuaid, obviously. The Rangers, they have a fourth rounder sunk into that cost. that We can all ignore what Steve Kampfer was because, again, he's a depth defenseman. It's just a matter of figuring out how are we going to get back what we need to from him. You know, is it worth kind of pushing him forward? And apparently the Rangers believe the latter is true because that's what they're doing. They're, They're playing McQuaid a lot. They're getting him into the lineup over kids. Something must be going on with Tony D'Angelo. But I maintain what I said last week. Obviously, the New York Rangers were not prepared for Tony D'Angelo. They were not prepared for the -the off-the-ice issues. They were not prepared for what they were going to have to do on the ice. And whether they knew it at the time and they just didn't know how to handle him or they they didn't do their homework and he came and it was a surprise, the New York Rangers screwed up that aspect of the Derek Stepan trade. And that's just the reality of the situation. So if they think D'Angelo's a sunk cost, then D'Angelo's a sunk cost. It is what it is. 
uh, I don't know what to early. tell you There's beyond still that. Time, but I, like, there I is still time. I'm, I'm not saying he yeah. is. I'm saying if they've made that decision, then fucking do something about it. Send him down, trade him, do something. Because eight defensemen is not working. And you've I'm gone from show. seven to eight again. Joe, you're getting all worked up. I am worked up. Um, because it doesn't... It's uh, it's like they were given a gift, and that's a terrible way to put a player's injury. But, like, Quinn decided that eight defensemen was critical, right? He needs eight defensemen in the lineup. Fine, for whatever reason. One of them gets hurt. Now you have seven. And of the seven, there are two kids who should be playing. And he calls up Lindgren, which is great, because it's a kid. Thank God it's Lindgren and not a Crowley. But... By the same token, like, I have a funny feeling D'Angelo's not going to be one of the players who's playing. And I think that's insane. That's all, Michael. Go ahead. Bring bring some calm back to the podcast. I'm just, I'm curious to have a look at what Lindgren looks like against NHL competition. Because, of course, you know, unless you have my HL, my AHL TV and you're watching every Wolfpack game or going to every Wolfpack game, it's very hard to get an idea of what he looks like in terms of a guy who's supposed to be a defensive defenseman. Um, you know, we know his production isn't anything to write home about. Um, but then again, there's a lot more to being an effective, you know, defenseman in your own zone than picking up a bunch of points. Uh, with that being said, I'm not... I don't know. I, I expect we'll see him just kind of jump into the lineup play very physical and uh hopefully not make any costly mistakes is kind of you know where where i'm expecting you know lindgren to make his impact it's it is important to note he is a super physical guy but he's only six foot um he is only 20 years old and you know and the other thing to mention in 35 games with the wolf pack he has 41 penalty minutes so he's definitely a tough kid uh whether or not he can be more than just a tough kid kind of remains to be seen well, somebody brought that up to me. They said, well, maybe, you know, the Rangers brought up Lindgren to add that toughness. But then why is McQuaid here? I mean, honestly, if that's what it is, why is McQuaid here? And then if Lindgren plays over McQuaid, that would be wonderful. Then, yes, sure, great, everything is fine. If you have Pionk, Lindgren, and D'Angelo in the lineup, that is a perfect situation for the New York Rangers from a developmental standpoint. And that is something that I would expect the team to prioritize, especially now that everybody's kind of realizing that, yeah, we're not going to the playoffs. But I'm not confident that that's going to happen. And again, there very well may be a situation behind the scenes that we don't know about. We only know what we know. You can't know what you don't know. And I don't know if something is going on with Tony D'Angelo. It would certainly make sense if it was. It would absolutely make sense if it was. Um... We don't know, and we probably won't know until he's either traded or sent down or whatever. The only point that I really wanted to make was that the New York Rangers have eight defensemen, and I'm writing a story about this, actually. They need to do something sooner rather than later. Either trade D'Angelo for whatever you can get for him, or McQuaid for legitimately whatever you can get for him, or send D'Angelo down if he's the odd man out. If the Rangers are actually concerned about him being acquired on the waiver wire for nothing, then you should be fucking using him in the first place. But you're not. So then what value do you think he has? I just find it crazy. That's all. And I think we were dealing with the same thing last year. Joe is getting upset. I was upset. I am upset. And, it, and here's the funny part. 
I'll still get shit from that article that I did about Tony D'Angelo a few months ago where people think that I'm ragging on him. I can't win. I can't win one way or another. Uh, Um, From our, so we did the show before we knew the Vegas results on the first show for the Vox podcast. The Rangers lost that game. Mm -hmm. They lost to the Islanders. Then they beat the Islanders. And then they lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets last night in crushing fashion, a 7-5 route. Michael? Well, it's not a route. It's a two-goal game. It's just a high Well, yeah, but did it feel like a two-goal game? No, because the Blue Jackets outshot and outchanced them into a blue. Yeah, the Columbus absolutely murdered the Rangers behind the scenes. Yeah, but, you so. know, at the end of the day, two-goal game. Uh, you know what? I'm, your, your goddamn attitude is from when we recorded the show this morning to now, there's been a lot of goddamn attitude, Michael. Yeah, we've never like done it. this before. We, recorded we have never shows. done this before. Yeah. But what I was off do? today, and it was an opportunity. That's all. What did all. you do since you and I talked this morning? Uh, I watched some TV. I gave my daughter a bath. You clip your toenails? You do I that? did not clip my toenails. I, I my uh, toenails. made dinner. I ate dinner. Oh. My wife and I cleaned up a little bit. You know, fun stuff. What about you? Uh, I'd like to point out that Ryan Strom has two goals in his last three games. And both of them from Michael. I don't know. You tell me. Filipedal. Oh, yeah. Hedl was involved. Hedl's looked you, good lately. Yeah, Hedl has looked good lately. So you know, that's nice. looked good is Anthony Duclair against the Rangers, but we didn't sign him. Anthony nope. Duclair also looks good, always looks good against the Rangers. I saw that came up again because Sean Hartnett echoed our thoughts of, like, you know, why didn't the Rangers give the money to Duclair? And everybody kind of got on him because apparently the Rangers were at the very least in on him. But the reality, uh, again, is it's, it doesn't have to be Duclair. Like, this is what people seem to miss when we go over these these types of situations. It does not have to be Duclair, right? Mm. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be Anthony Duclair. It didn't it have to does, be Cody McLeod. That's it the, does, uh, however, have to be somebody different than Cody McLeod. Correct. You, you fucking you just jumped in. Like a bowling ball. You're just knocking down my points while I'm in the process of making them. What about um, a bocce ball? Uh, you know, I could kind of... But you don't really knock around a bocce ball. What about That's a the medicine problem. ball, Joe? What about other balls? Do, but do you knock around a medicine ball? I tried to play sh- shuffleboard while drunk the other night. didn't go well. And, and how did that go? Not good. Yeah, well, I'm not totally surprised. It's difficult. How much sand should be on the, the shuffleboard table? Uh, I have no idea. I'm a bocce ball man myself. You're a bocce ball man. I'm not surprised. I am a bocce ball man. You come so, off like a bocce ball man. Yeah. Because I'm Italian. My glorious Italian heritage. I didn't say that. You did. I did say it because I'm Italian. I can say it. You made and I will say heritage, it. not me. It's heritage. Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on Georgiev getting the two back-to-backs? I like that he's getting the two back-to-backs. And I think all this really does is clarify just how terrible the Rangers' D is. Um, and that's something to maybe be concerned about. Uh, Shayna for The Athletic wrote, wrote an interesting piece about how much money the Rangers have invested in the blue line. And it kind of just goes to show how kind of alarming both the Brendan Smith, Brady Shea, and Mark Stahl contracts are really. Uh, you know, there's still plenty, plenty, plenty of time for the Brady Shea contract to look like a good decision. But the early stages of it, let's be honest, Joe, uh, $5.25 million. Not great. Well, the, the very early stages was great. Like, the first 10 games, we were like, fuck yeah, this contract is awesome. And then, uh, yeah, since then, it's kind of been bad. And, uh, again, I said this on the Q&A, it's very hard for me to um, just kind of dole out this 
grading system on these players when the whole team is garbage, right? Like, the defense is a disaster. And Shea has been a disaster in a lot of respects, but the team is a disaster. The team around him is bad, and that makes identifying the good players difficult. But we, the important thing to acknowledge is like we can look at Clayson's numbers and say, he's definitely doing the right stuff. He's doing the stuff you want to see, right? Um, whereas we look at Brady Shea and we say, it's kind of a mixed bag, and at $5.25 million, for a guy who the team chose to invest in as a clear part of the rebuild, it's a little little troubling to say. It, to it say is that. a little troubling, and he's one of the guys that we really thought was going to take off, right? We just had this intention that, or this thought process that Shea was going to finally be given this this top pairing opportunity, and he was going to be able to go out there and just do whatever he needed to do, and that just has not happened. And nope. is it concerning? Yes. Is it going to be something that we're going to be able to kind of turn around and pinpoint today or tomorrow? Probably not. Because, again, the Rangers are terrible. And they are only going to get worse. I think that's a really important point to make. Things will get worse. When Zuccarello and Hayes are gone, things will get worse. When McQuaid is gone, things will probably be mostly the same. Joe, the... The night is always darkest before the dawn. It is always darkest before the dawn. And then, who knows? Like, next year, we may very well be dealing with another sell-off. We don't know. Maybe then that's the Kreider and Nemestikov and uh, Fast Train. I don't know. And Jimmy Vesey. But I, I do think that the Rangers need to really consider getting a lot of their selling out of the way this year if they can. Especially for a guy like maybe Nemestikov gets his trade value up there. You want to trade faster Kreider when they're on these career year paths and you want to do it now, do it now. If you get the deal you like right now, do it now. Edmonton is literally begging for a forward. Hayes, you could probably get McDavid back for Hayes from Edmonton right now. And that's only slightly an exaggeration. You need to look for general managers who are literally general managing for their jobs. And Shirelli is one of those people. So, Michael, do you think we're going to see an important trade soon? It's a good question. Uh, well, it's the, the best question. The All-Star breaks right around the corner. Um, so, probably not in, in regards to that situation. But it is important to remember, the Rangers have Carolina, Chicago, Boston, Joe. And then they have the, the full week off uh, from the 20th to the 26th. And then really from the 20th to the 28th. And they have two games to wrap up January. And then all of a sudden we're in February, Joe. And February is when, if you're not... When them deals start happening. It's when the deals start happening. Just like last season, you know, the Grabner trade happened well in advance of the deadline. And a couple other trades worked out that way. And happens every year. And, you know, a lot of times it starts with these little these little kind of small, smaller deals. Yeah, right. Uh, these little that, dominoes. You know, Cogliano got traded uh, today, and you know the Rangers had their AHL level trade. There's already been a couple trades from Edmonton, so you know it's uh, things are slowly slowly ratcheting up. And you know when February gets here, it's gonna it's gonna heat up a little bit more. But w- will we see an important trade soon? I think we'll probably see one by mid February. A lot of it will likely depend on the, the health of Kevin Hayes, but I think Zuccarello's doing his own trade value a lot of favors right now because he's playing very well. And the Rangers sort of need that to happen. I mean, they Big absolutely. Time. Yeah, no one wants. They need. It was an uncomfortable truth, but like Zuccarello, we all felt for him uh, that he was, you know, having a rough time, and 
you can't not be in love with Matt Zuccarello, the person and the player. But to watch him struggle the way he has this season, knowing that you know that that the, the knowledge of him being dealt is on his mind, and he's admitted it's impacting his game. He has 18 points in 32 games. You know, just a couple of days ago, that looked a lot more grim. Uh, now it looks a little more promising, just because he's starting to put the puck in the net, which is something he just wasn't doing um, up until recently. And you know, Joe, it's it's a lot easier to sell a guy who puts together a couple couple good games. And Zuccarello now has four points in his last four games, and three of those are goals. So it's good news in terms of keeping his value where we want it to be. I mean, it's a reputation league, right? Zuccarello has reputational value. Whether you like it or not, it exists. And there's just a lot of opportunity for the New York Rangers to work their way into a very good deal for Matt Zuccarello. And I do I think that Gordon is kind of waiting to see if Zuccarello can, you know, get his head in the game. Maybe, maybe not. I think it's a risky move. Zuccarello's proven over his time in the NHL that he is very, very good at hockey. And one bad season doesn't change that. It just happens to be happening when he's going to be traded. So uh, it's, I mean, let me ask you another question, Michael. Let me let me flip the switch a little bit. Let's move away from Zuccarello. The Derek Stepan trade, the yeah. Ryan McDonough trade, and the impending Kevin Hayes trade. Which one of them do you think is most important in Jeff Gordon's tender tenure? He is the, not tender. The one that should be the most important is the McDonough trade. Um, the, they traded Miller and McDonough. They should have gotten a really significant package for that. And it's also will always be judged by the fact that it happened at like 11.59 p.m. Um, in terms of, you know, just before the deadline, just getting in under the whistle um, and trading a captain, trading a player like McDonough in his prime, and a player like J.T. Miller who was still reaching his prime, and you know you could argue that you know J.T. Miller was not really too old to be a part of the rebuild, but he definitely had issues in terms of the way the organization saw him and valued him. Yeah, off the ice issues, and they had to re-sign him, which I think was the other critical aspect of him being moved when he was. Yeah, that is obviously that that is a big deal, of course. Um, the Kevin Hayes trade, I think, will just feels the most important because it's the most current. Um, but really, you know, Joe, not to be an alarmist, right? But if we look at the the returns from the Stepan trade and the McDonough Miller trade, like it's still very, very, very early. It's still too early to say who won and lost the trades. I think, but I think we would have liked to see more encouraging signs than we have seen thus far. Uh, you know, the Rangers for McDonough and Miller got Vlad, Libor Hayek, Brett Howden, a 2018 first and a conditional second round pick in this upcoming draft. If uh, the Lightning win the cup this year, that will become a first, but then of course it'll be a first at the very end of the round. And then the step on trade was step on and Ranta for Tony D'Angelo in a first-round pick that became Leah Sanderson. It's a starting goalie and a first-line center. 
Uh, yeah, when you put it like that, I, the McDonough trade is underwhelming right now. I, I don't. It think feels underwhelming a, as yeah, the and, trade. I, yeah. The right now part is is critical there. I think we have a much better outlook of the Stepan trade than we do on the McDonough trade. And again, underwhelming. Yeah. I mean, you traded Derek Stepan, and um, basically their starting goalie. Right? It was he was our Wanted. backup, but yeah. their starting goalie. Yeah. And you got back D'Angelo, who the Rangers have completely wasted, and Anderson, who I think we would be very lucky if he was Stepan, right? If he turned into a Stepan, I think the Rangers would consider that a huge win. So at best, the Rangers traded Stepan and Ranta for Stepan. Um, the McDonough trade, again, McDonough and Miller was a big haul. Uh, Nemestikov always felt like a piece brought in to to flip ship out right yeah. like it, like a house that you would buy like mike said to flip so you know we don't know what that aspect of the trade is yet the first round pick was the lundquist selection we'll see what happens there i think that was a good pick especially for what the rangers did um howden looked great and now has kind of turned into what everybody sort of thought it was his rookie year was going to be and hayek again underwhelming right now a critical part of that right now it's it's only the first half of their pro season it's only the first half of their pro season and correct to, they're both 20 years old or whatever the hell it's you know uh, we want to say all those qualifiers and make sure everyone's clear we're not burying these kids before nope, their careers have even not begun. at all i'm but, sure you'll all freak out about it anyway but yes that's yeah, not but it it's i think we have to say that but we also have to say like yeah it would be a lot more encouraging if there was a, a couple more positive signs and uh Sure, like these not the, there, it doesn't mean we should break the glass and pull the alarm, but we should definitely keep an eye on the alarm and be like, all right, well, we got to be careful with trades here. We can't, you know, it is going to be a buyer's market, but we should try to be very careful about the prospects we acquire. Are bringing back. For guys like Zuccarello and Hayes, we I mean, should bring back a haul very similar to what we saw, you know, someone like Stepan bring back in terms and of I quality, wanna, quality players. I want to reiterate that reiterate i want to reiterate that if Kravstov was brought back instead of say howden or hayek or tony d'angelo we would be saying right now oh that's a huge win it's a huge win so we're not trying to you know we're doing the same thing good and bad it's just a this point in the season evaluation of a player and a trade yeah and that's kind of what it's come down to right we're just i'm not telling you that this is the be-all end-all this is not the end of the world. This is not, oh, these trades were complete fleecings. I think you can say the Rangers misjudged the step-on trade because the Rangers have Anderson and they're wasting D'Angelo. I will say so, this, though, Joe. The Rick Nash trade looked great then, looks great now pretty much. Yeah, I, I fully agree. They moved up get to get Ke'Andre Miller. To turn they into... flipped Spooner for Stone, and they got a first round. They yeah. got Ryan Lindgren, who's going to be in the NHL. Strom, so. Bolesky, Lindgren, uh, Ke'Andre Miller, and the seventh round pick out of it. And I am kind of expecting that type of a trade for Rick Nash, to be honest. Or not, not Rick Nash. You mean Kevin Nash Hayes. trade? Yeah. I mean Kevin Hayes. I am expecting that type of a return, a first round pick, hopefully a prospect better than Ryan Lindgren. Um, another aspect to the deal, like Spooner, I don't think was just some throwaway. No, I think Spooner he wasn't is, meant to be a throwaway. I just think no. he 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 did so well in his first twenty games as a Ranger. It was at sixteen points. And then under Quinn, it was just clear like he and Quinn did not have the same idea of how to play hockey. 
you know, what was it? He had two points in 16 games with the Rangers. But here's the fun part, Joe. In 23 games with the Oilers since the trade, three points. Mm, and they tried to move him in the deal that they cut the other day. Yeah, so or a week ago, two weeks ago, they tried to move Spooner and they didn't have yeah, any. I think uh, it's still super early, but we can say the Rangers have definitely. Yeah, won the that Rangers trade. won the Rick Nash trade for sure, and they absolutely won the Ryan Spooner trade in terms. Correct, of and they absolutely won a fine bottom six player. Won the Ryan Spooner trade. I mean, I think it's worth noting that you know Ryan Strom does not have the best underlying metrics, and that's something that. I guess we could have a bigger issue with when the Rangers get to the point of contention. Yeah, but neither did Spooner. Spooner had even worse. But right, Spooner had even worse. And in 26 games, he has 11 points. How can you, you can't hate that. Not when Spooner's having such a terrible year. So I just, I, I think you won the Nash trade. You subsequently won the Spooner trade because if you think about it, you yeah, could basically say trade. that, that yeah. Strom was part of that trade. Um, the jury's out on the trade with the Lightning, but it certainly doesn't look great right now again there's plenty of time for that to change and i think brett howden at the very least showed you the potential of why you know he may end up moving the needle more than hayek he might but it's also a very concerning period of like you need to make sure that you get what you want back because you may not have an opportunity to kind of step forward and, you know, have things fall the way that you want them to. Because I don't think the Rangers expected Ryan Lindgren to be called up before Lieber Hayek. I can tell you that right now. Given the situation, I do not think they thought that that was going to be the case. Probably not, given how all the talk we heard about how important Hayek was to the deal. He was like the crux of the deal, really. Well, they made, they did such a, a, they made such a show of patting themselves on the back. Of getting high. a prospect likely Right, Hayek. that this was how lucky they were to get him back. That this was like, this had to happen. and Which I guess you have to do when you trade your captain. But, but you know what? Like, do you have to do it? Yes, to some degree you do. Yeah. But not the way that they did it. Maybe not and, as much as they did. And, yeah, and yeah. like, now you've, you've put the pressure on him, which is fine. But, like, can we all agree that to this point, this was not the first 39 games that the Rangers were expecting out of Hayek? I mean, that's I fair, fair, right? That's a fair assessment. So, we'll see. Why I don't know how it's going to turn out. Why is, why is Kaylin crying so much? She's, she's been put down for a nap, or for bed, and she is displeased. That's all. It's tough breaks, kid. It's tough it world. It is the tough breaks. It's the, this is a tough world. Right. You got to get your sleep. That's all. She's displeased. That's it. Uh, what else, Michael? What else that we did not cover on the Q&A show? Well, you know, we, t- we talked a little bit about, you know the last couple games um and zuccarello playing a little bit better uh and i was kind of taking taking a closer look at the schedule and you know there's i think it's important to note how bad the rangers have been but of course we get just like you guys you know we get tired of talking about the same stuff and you know we could spend a lot of time talking about how the rangers are three six and one in their last 10 and how they have a 7-14-2 record on the road, but we'd like to avoid talking about that unless we have to. What I think is a, an interesting thing to me, Joe, is when we'll see Kevin Hayes come back. And the other thing that's uh, been standing out to me is Booney Evans is playing so well, and it's nice. It's a nice thing that's happening, Joe. And I yeah, like been, the nice I've been things. very pleased with Booney Evans. I think he's, he's done a lot of really good things, and I'm not going to spoil it, but he gets brought up in our Q&A uh, podcast. You'll hear that on Thursday. Um, I love Booney fl- Evans. That's all. The, the flip side, uh, I, I think 
we may see Kevin Hayes out until he gets traded, a la Ryan McDonough last year. I don't know. It seems like the timing is pretty dubious, right? That, like, it's very coincidental that he got hurt right around the time that things started picking up. So, yeah, I think that's a total possibility, right? It's possible. I mean, but when we do see, like, he's another guy, you got, you got to trade him when you have the opportunity to. You absolutely do. Because, yeah. you know, he's on you can't, the up and up. You can't settle for nothing. No, you can't settle for nothing. Absolutely not. You and can you, settle for a package that's underwhelming compared to what your expectations are. You shouldn't be happy. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you're on a desert island. It's like, you know what? I don't like shellfish, but there's crabs everywhere. You get a better grab some butter, pop open some claws. You're eating crab. Ooh, would love me some crab. That would be just fantastic, wouldn't it? Little crab, little crab action. Little crabaroo. Uh, all right. Well, we. So I guess can we just announce that like this will be the end of this show. It's a little bit shorter than we intended, but here's here's what happened. We were supposed to interview Dan Carcillo today. That's the big. That's the big secret surprise. We have confirmed that we will be interviewing him on Thursday of this week. So maybe that'll be a special release on Friday. Um, and then we'll, you know, we'll go back to the two shows. So we mentioned that in the Q&A show that's going to go up on Thursday. So I guess I have to tell you that that is the case right now. So we'll be interviewing Dan Carcillo this week about his um, struggles with mental health, about his advocation for fixing it for other people and how he thinks the NHL could do better. And that'll be a ton of fun. And so, brain injuries, yeah. And I brain mean, injuries. Maybe fun been... isn't the right word. It'll be it'll be great to get the perspective of somebody who's been in the game, who's trying to change the game, uh, and a topic that I think is very important these days because it is something that is just continuing to rear its ugly head, unfortunately. And this started because a friend of his killed himself, a friend in the NHL. So And not many Rangers are their most memorable moment attached to a fan of the opposite team giving him the bird. So. That's also very true. Also true. So Alex Gardner, Armio Kistner, Andre Chicagoff, Anthony Viola, Arch Williams, Bob Cowa, Chris B., Chris Habibi, Dan Carosi, Daniel DeJan, Danny Santiago, David L. Singer, Eric Kohn, Eric Carlson, Fancy Lawrence, Gabriel Vargas, 50, Igor Zatlowski, James Dangles, John Reppy, Johnny Alo, Keith Franchillo, Meaty, or excuse me, Guy from Montana, Michael Silvers, Mike Offit, Robert Courtney, Stink Fleeman, Tall Guy Robert, Thomas Osa, Trevor Kempner, and Zachary Zetlin. Thank you all for donating to Patreon. We appreciate it. Patreon.com slash Blue Shirt Banter. Um, since we joined Vox, we needed to update and kind of change how we were going to uh, go about and give you all the content on Patreon, but instead, we have figured out that we're going to we're gonna do some fun things. Right, Michael? Yeah, we're going to do some merch. Where, you some know, merchies. Merchy the, merch. The folks who have been at the levels, you're going to get the uh, the stuff that is owed to you. Uh, we're just figuring out how to get the highest resolution possible for our logo and design it, and then we'll get it out to you. So, sorry for the delay, but you, not, you weren't necessarily expecting the merch, so... You shouldn't be too upset, I guess. Yeah, we, It'll there, get there you go. Mike is just coming in hot. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Continue to support, and we will see you on Thursday. Bye-bye.